It was past ten bells when the harbor master sent his son to fetch the doctor. Leander Hatch was nineteen, and as he sprinted from Sumner's Wharf, across Market Square, and then up State Street, the smell of the salt marshes at low tide filled his lungs until he arrived, winded and sweating, at Wolf Tavern. Roger Davenport, who sat on a tall stool outside the open doorway, clutched Leander's shoulder. What's your rush there? Davenport seemed to have spent his entire life determining who should gain admittance to the ordinary. Dr. Wiggins is needed down to Waterside. Davenport let go of the boy and folded his arms. Now, why would that be? Leander stared at the man, his hairless, round skull, his bulging neck. He was missing the lower portion of his right ear, which, according to rumor, had been bitten off by either a drunken sailor or a Water Street prostitute. I was sent by my father, the harbor master. Caleb Hatch, he be your father? Yes, Leander hesitated, and then added, Sir? Davenport leaned close, tilting his head to one side. And what would he be wanting with Dr. Wiggins at this hour? I cannot say. Leander peered into the smoky tavern, which reeked of tobacco, meat, and clam chowder. The room was crowded with men, sitting around tables, standing along the bar, the din of their voices at once jocular and angry. Women served them tankards of beer, bowls of flip, and platters of charred beef. All right. But you wait here. Davenport slid off his stool and went inside the tavern, his big head just ducking beneath each low-ceiling beam. He stopped at the booth nearest the fireplace, where a man was slumped over the table, his head resting on his forearms. Taking hold of his coat collar, Davenport lifted up Dr. Wiggins's head, his wire-framed spectacles cockeyed on his face. Davenport yanked him out of the booth and pushed him back to the door, bringing jeers, laughter, and some applause from the other men in the room. Wiggins tried to resist, but he was too unsteady on his feet. You've been summoned, Davenport said pleasantly as he shoved the doctor out onto the porch. Take a whiff of low tide out there and you'll be tolerably sober. The doctor stumbled down the steps and began wandering along State Street. Dr. Giles Wiggins was, by Leander's estimate, in his late thirties, but he had the constitution of a man a full score older. He wore a frock coat that was rent patched and ill-fitting, and he appeared in perpetual need of a decent meal. Dark hair fell about his shoulders in disarray, yet, even though intoxicated, Leander thought his gaze suggested decorum and a manner of kindly inquiry uncommon in this harbor town. He was one of only three physicians in Newburyport, and merely a surgeon, whose only distinction was that he had learned his trade at sea during the war with England. What's this about? he said over his shoulder. Leander followed a few steps behind, 
as though he were herding livestock. My father wants you to accompany him out to a ship at anchor in the river basin. He has denied its request to tie up at the wharf. Denied? Why? He needs you to perform a medical inspection, doctor. What ship? When Leander hesitated, the doctor stopped walking. It has a name. I'm sorry, sir. You don't know? The doctor asked, turning around. Or you cannot say. I was told only to fetch you down to the wharf. The doctor began walking again, now with Leander at his side. Tell me, how did the harbor master determine that this ship might need to be inspected? The pilot, Mr. Wainwright? He had been rowed out to Plum Island to guide the ship around the shoals and upriver. Nothing unusual there. He came right back to the wharf, claiming that there be some illness aboard the ship. What form of illness? Fever, it appears, sir. I see. You might have said so in the first place.